You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. Along with Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. Together we bring you Minor Talk after every UTEP men's basketball game. We're presented here by the Oscar Arieta Agency. You could check out the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your home, auto, life, or commercial business insurance needs. That's the Oscar Arieta Agency, who's done it here in El Paso for over 25 years. Trust the experts at the Oscar Arieta Agency for all your insurance needs. Uh, well, Miners win on the road against Florida International kind of what we expected in terms of you know win loss uh i thought they would split this florida road swing um and they you know they won their first game out of this uh final road stretch of the season 87 82 and um to tell you that this one went according to script would be a complete lie because every UTEP game is different, every, and, and that's what we've seen all year long with this team. Although I would say the end of a lot of games have been very similar this season for the Miners. And when you look at the Miners, you know, when it comes to games decided by six points or less, UTEP's about 50-50. And some would argue that all these close games that UTEP has been in, they've been uh, on the wrong end of those. Uh, To those people who would say, hey, the Miners have have tried and played very well and played a lot of close games, I would agree with you, but I would also point out that the Miners have had their setbacks in these close game situations. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Florida International. This is a team that's, you know, maybe in the middle of the pack, but not really. They're still kind of close to the bottom of Conference USA, and if they don't have Denver Jones, their best player, um, I would c- consider him a top ten player in Conference USA. Forget about it. I mean, Florida International is not going to be uh, a contender whatsoever, and they have a chance to lose out if they don't have Denver Jones back in the lineup. Um, I would say this uh, for Florida International and for this UTEP game: what kind of takeaways can we pull from it? Um, Miners play uh, pretty pretty solid in the first half. They control the entire first half, forty to thirty-two, and then they build on that lead. They go up by as much as twenty points in the second half. They distance themselves in a significant way. They were up fifty-four thirty-four at the sixteen-minute mark. The UTEP scored the first 10 points out of the second half before Florida International could even uh, score a bucket. But as all these games go, the Panthers rally back late in the game, and they make this one a really interesting contest when it was all said and done. Uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Shamar Givens. Going into this game, he had a right thigh bruise injury that Joe Golding said he was he was questionable for starting this one. Game time decision, but he played exceptional uh, today. Um, he flirted with a triple-double, 22 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds in this game along with 4 steals and 6 turnovers, 40 minutes of action for Shamar Givens, but he wasn't even supposed to play. And then ends up playing every single minute of this game when it was all said and done. Uh, he had that leg wrap that was all over. Uh, you could tell on the broadcast. Uh, so I'm going to give a lot of credit to Shamar Givens, give a lot of credit to Zarek Onyema who played outstanding 15 points in the second half, 19 points is what he finished up with. Uh, Calvin with double figures, uh, Otis Frazier the third in double figures and the Miners win 87-82 wasn't pretty and I think we can highlight the fact that it wasn't pretty by the fact that UTEP had 24 turnovers in this game uh, how do you look at this one Sal is it this is this one for you a win's a win is this one for you doesn't really mean much uh, how do you take this game you know what this is a season where the Miners uh, you need all you could get it's nothing to write home about that I think that's a definite nobody's going crazy beating Florida International. I mean, you dropped 80 on them the first time around, you know, so I expected them to um, to have a good offensive output, so to speak. Uh, I think it was worrisome, definitely, the way that it winded down. But, I mean, you got to get any kind of win that you could get. It's, it's not saying this is a, a, a season salvageable type of win. It's a win. I, I don't know how to put it any other way. Like, you'll, you'll take it, basically. But uh, when we look at who played, right, only eight guys cracked the rotation. And um, out of those eight who play, um, two of them don't get double digits when it comes to um, to minutes basically so that lets me know that there was really just three guards really who played all game 
and everybody else was kind of, I don't want to say picking up the scraps because that sounds a little bit bad, but you, you had to get in where you fit in in this game. So, uh, I mean, you'll, you'll take it. Yeah, I mean, look, Jamari Sibley and Kevin Kalu, they only played a combined 16 minutes off the bench, but regard, uh, besides those guys, it was everybody else. Malik Zachary yeah. missed this one because of a concussion. Um, you know, of course, no jo- Jonathan Dos Anjos, no Mario McKinney. We've known that for weeks now. But still, for the minors, uh, playing a little shorthanded in this one and then playing with the injury that uh, Shamar Givens had. Um, head coach Joe Golding, after the game, was questioning whether or not Givens would play in Saturday's game. I don't know if he actually will. I mean, Florida Atlantic, what do you what do you gain by throwing your best player, or arguably one of your best players out there, uh, Shamar Givens, against FAU in a game that you probably don't don't stand a chance of winning? Let's be let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Yeah, not only a stand a chance winning, but do you even need to win this game? Like, what, what is right. what does a win like that do for your season? And and I say that because, I mean, sure, you want to get the best wins that you can get. You know, don't get me wrong there, but ultimately, it's not the most important game left in their season. It's when they when they hit tournament time. You know, come you know come conference tourney time. So uh, same case for just about everybody in conference USA. But. I mean, it's really nothing that's going to turn the tide on the season. You got to get hot, you know, as soon as uh, the ball tips off in Frisco. That's where it matters the most. So I know these last three games are important, you know, just to kind of finish off on a solid note and play your best. But ultimately, that doesn't do anything for you in the conference tournament. So kind of just, in a way, kind of just cruising until it's tournament time. Our telephone number here on the show is 915-505-6009 if you'd like to weigh in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Got a lot of tweets to get to. Don't know what kind of response we'll get here on the show tonight. I expect this this show, um, Saturday's show, which will be hosted by Sal and UTEP Zay, uh, next week's shows between Western Kentucky and Middle Tennessee to be kind of up in the air. I, I mean, maybe if UTEP ends up knocking off Western Kentucky or Middle Tennessee next week, fans get excited. Um, those are home games. That's the last home uh, stretch of the season. And then fans maybe get a little bit more momentum heading into the conference uh, tournament. But I'm not sure. I, I, I'm curious to hear from the fans tonight and the listeners at 915-505-6009, your overall thoughts after this game. Let's go to Twitter. A uh, couple tweets to get to early on. King Eric tweets the show at 17 King Eric sloppy game all around fortunately this was against Florida International am I the only one that wants basketball season to finish already uh King Eric I think a lot of minor fans are with you on that one right there uh minors by the way have won or excuse me have lost seven of their last nine games going into Saturday's game against Florida Atlantic they are 13 and 15 overall right now as it stands um, this coming in right now this is a good one uh, from Tristan Pence he's always money he says what seed is UTEP most likely to end up with at the conference USA tournament all right I love playing exercises like this Tristan um, and we're gonna go based off what uh, Ken Palm says based off this so UTEP right now 13 and 15. That's their overall record. In conference play, the Miners right now are second to last. After this one switches and UTEP ends up on top, they will probably um, they'll, they'll be tied for that ninth seed between them, Western Kentucky, and Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Um, and then same with Florida International. So if UTEP actually gets a chance to win another game, Florida International ends up sliding a little bit. They have a chance to overtake them. So you know what? I thought UTEP would have been a 10th seed when it was all said and done. The way it's looking right now, even if UTEP even gets one win to close out the rest of the season, one win between FAU, Western Kentucky, and Middle Tennessee, that could put them in a position to be uh, worst, at worst, maybe a 9th seed. Now, if UTEP ends up losing all of them and they see teams like Western Kentucky, uh, La Tech, and FIU continue to win throughout the last stretch of the season, UTEP could get that 10th overall spot. Now, why is this important? Well, the 8th seed takes on the ninth seed. So if UTEP ends up at the ninth or the 8th seed, there's a chance they play Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, or a team kind of like that. Maybe even Florida yeah. International when it's all said and done. I like that. 
I actually, I really like that for the Miners right there. I would rather, I am gunning for that seed if I'm UTEP, trying to get to the eighth or ninth seed. I want to play in that game. I want to play that opening game. And regardless, the the winner of that one ends up playing the one seed, but who cares at that point? You just want to win at least one. Get a momentum under your belt. And if you go up against FAU, UAB, whoever, who cares at that point? I think all that matters is winning that first game in the tournament. I really do, um, especially the season that the Miners have had. Now, if UTEP gets the 10th seed, they'd end up playing the 7th seed. And as it stands right now, let's see what, let's see where that would be right here. Um, um, I think see. it's Florida International. FIU, yeah. Okay, so that but that has not been updated yet. So I don't really know what we can pull from this one right here. I'm going to try to get an updated standings uh, over here. Yeah, I, I got one over here. So it's looking at like Rice as of right now. If uh, season ended today Day. Although, yeah, I guess we got to see how this weekend shakes up for all these different teams. Point is, you don't want to play that seven seed. Uh, if that ends up being Rice, that's the team UTEP wants to try to avoid at all costs. If it's the six seed, um, that's probably unlikely. UTEP is not going to be the 11th seed. That's UTSA. We could put that one on lock. But, Sal, isn't it kind of weird? UTSA is playing the six seed, and they would end up playing the three seed versus eighth versus ninth takes on the first seed after that. It's kind of weird how the conference yeah. tournament breaks out, but I guess that's CUSA for you, right? And, and I'll, I'll be honest. I've been trying to follow you this whole this whole place. I'm like, you know what? I'll just wait come tournament time and, and see who plays who because trying to map it out and figure out uh, you know, who's going to play who based off of it's what. It's tough. It's a little it's, early. It, it's very weird to, to kind of put it in that perspective, but then you add all these different types of um, – uh, seeding matchups, which which I don't get just yet, and and I'm doing this without looking at it, so I guess I'm a, I'm an idiot for basically saying that while not looking at it, but just kind of grazing the standings here. Um, it's interesting the way that it, it would kind of play out tonight, right? Like, so the miners, without a doubt, as it stands right now, they're the um, the tenth seed. However, let's just say that um, the game that's going on right now, La Tech and Western Kentucky. If um, if La Tech wins, then the miners remain in the tenth seed because Western would have the uh, they'd have the same record overall um, or in a conference play rather but looking at it um, in conference play Western holds that tiebreaker uh, against the Miners as it stands right now because they still have another game coming up but they split with Louisiana Tech and that's the weird thing is if Louisiana Tech loses this game, that leaves the Miners and Louisiana Tech deadlocked, you know, at an overall record and a conference record, being at um at six and eleven, then and also uh, thirteen and fifteen. But then right above them is Florida International. So as crazy as it is, right, tenth is looking where that that sweet spot is, so to speak. However, they could very well jump up to probably an eighth within the next couple games, assuming things go their way and they handle their business. So uh, our listeners have totally lost us. Where we we took them, we took them all these sorts of places. I'm sorry, Tristan Pence, because, uh, yeah, you, like you were saying there, Sal, you you lost me. I was in a position where I was just trying to go through all the different ones, but I see how confusing it is. Point is, the way it stands right now, Miners have a chance to play Rice FIU, La Tech, Western Kentucky in the first round of the conference tournament. That's how at least it shakes up right now, uh, barring any kind of substantial changes. I don't expect any of those teams right there, maybe Rice, to go on a, a massive tear to close out the season. I think everything will kind of shake up to where UTEP will play one of Rice, Florida International, La Tech, Western Kentucky in the first round of the conference USA tournament, which actually tips off March eighth. It's it's really right around the corner uh, when you think about it. Our telephone number here on the show, 915-505-6009. Tristan Pence put a Twitter poll out there as far as where he think or where um, people think UTEP will end up in the CUSA tournament when it's all said and done. Uh, you can check that out on his Twitter, which is MT Pence on Twitter. Hey, let's do this. Let's take a time out right now. When we come back, we'll get to more tweets. We got more coming from Mary. Uh, also one from CK milestone photo that we got to read as well and we'll talk more UTEP hoops as the Miners defeat Florida International 87-82 more Miner talk coming up right after this Uh, we're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency more uh, Miner talk after this on 600 ESPN El Paso All right, we're back. Minor Talk continues along with Sal Montes. I'm Adrian Bradis. We're presented by the Oscar Adi at the Agency. 
They've got several locations across El Paso. They're all the way from the west side to Fabens, but you can trust the Oscar Arrieta Agency no matter where you are. Just contact them online, OscarArrietaAgency.com. Fill out a form, and uh, you can get started with them for all your insurance needs. Let's go back to Twitter here. UTEP defeats Florida International 87-82. to CK Milestone Photo tweets the show, like I've said before, Zarek Onyema is UTEP's best player. They need to play through him more if they want a chance to win some more games and make a run in the CUSA tournament. Questionable why Joe Golding took him out for the last two minutes. It helped FIU. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I'll just say this about Zarek Onyema. It felt like he had the no- a nose for the hoop in the second half, and Jeremy Cox, between him and between Earl Boykins and Joe Golding's offensive strategies in this game, they fed it to Z down low. He was feasting down low against his FIU team. Granted, they were without some players, but Zarek Onyema is a, uh, he has a lot of good offensive abilities, and yeah, he's raw at times. Yeah, he struggled this year, um, but I'm, I maintain that Zarek Onyema is a guy I want back for next year. I, I really do. I think that he could be uh, a foundational piece for this group moving forward. He's probably one of maybe a handful of players I really want this UTEP team to, to continue with moving forward. Yeah, and aside from that, Ryan, not only the impressive performance today, but the last four games, Adrian, double digits in scoring, and you've been asking for, for some presence down low to, to get some buckets. And in all of those games, too, over 500 when it comes to uh, to shooting percentage, no matter where the shot may fall, right? But ultimately, a guy that when he when he attempts a shot or, or a layup, whatever the case is, there's a there's a higher than a half chance that it's going to go in. So definitely something to um, you know to smile about because people have been asking for an offensive showcase or some sort of some sort of showcase from Onyema. And these last four games, uh, basically February was kind of his month, and um, you know trying to end it on a good note, maybe pick it up in March. Yeah, uh, Zarek Onyema is actually UTEP's, you, you mentioned field goal percentage. He's their best uh, field goal percentage. Uh, he has the best field goal percentage on the team right now. He's shooting yeah. 60% from two-pointers. Um, and yeah, I would love to see what he is around the rim because he's just he just throws it down. He's a monster when it comes to anything within three feet. I mean, uh, really like how his finishing ability is down low in the paint. He plays bigger than his size also. That's another thing with Zarek Onyema. Yeah. He's six foot nine, but he plays a little bit bigger uh, than his actual size. Um, our telephone number again, 915-505-6009 is our telephone number here on Minor Talk if you would like to weigh in. 915-505-6009. Later on in the show, we'll bring you our Win Supply El Paso hot hand of the game along with our Keith Southwest player of the game. That's coming up here on Minor Talk as we continue. Uh, before we get to more tweets, uh, I want to do a little uh, a little exercise, I should say, Sal, and I'll have you react to it. We talked right. about this off air. Um, there was a poll today that asked, who is the greatest college basketball of the 21st century for every school? Uh, Big Game Boomer said that Stephon Jackson is the minor of the 21st century. There are a lot of interesting names that you could think of as far as maybe the face of your, uh, you know, basketball program over the 21st century when you talk about UTEP basketball uh, you you talk about that early 2000s stretch where the minors were just killer I mean I, I can name of so many different players and then you think the 2010s you had Randy Culpepper he's another great name that you could be also added to that list but Stefan Jackson Sal you like that name best player um, to represent a school uh, in the 21st century. Yeah, you know what? I love it. I think um, it, it comes down to two names, so there can only be one, and, and you mentioned both of them. I think Randy Culpepper, is, in a way, might be more of a household name when it comes to UTEP fans, and oddly enough, those two played together for some time, too, which was really cool to see. Yes. I feel bad for the defenses, but um, no, Stephon Jackson, this is a guy who um, is the all-time leading scorer in uh, in UTEP history, and majority of it, a majority of it coming from uh, from mid-range jumpers, which I think is super impressive. He, he hit the threes that he needed to. I remember one against, I think it was Santa Clara, to go to overtime, which actually broke the record, if I'm not mistaken. If, if you remember that, people, please let me 
me know if that's the case. But uh, yeah, I have no problem with it. Stephon Jackson, you can't think of UTEP basketball without thinking Stephon Jackson. I'm with you on that completely, Sal. I mean, he's he's one of my favorite minors ever. Like bottom line, bar none, one of my favorite players to watch. Um, just an absolute monster of a scorer. Played from 2006 to 2009 in a minors uniform. All time leading scorer. That's really impressive in itself. I would say this: if I could name any minor in the storied history, the storied history of UTEP basketball, any single player who is all, all who, time, all time, okay. who as far as who has missed their generation, came maybe a year too short or a, a year too away or something like that, or was just ahead of their time, maybe behind their time. It's Randy Culpepper. No, no doubt about it. Randy Culpepper plays in 2023. He splashes threes the way he did. He dunks the way he did. He finishes at the rim the way he did. No doubt in my mind, he would be a top player in all of college basketball. Not even just UTEP, but in all of college basketball. NIL deals would go crazy for somebody like Randy Culpepper. I mean, he was he was a monster when he was at UTEP, but I just felt like his game outside shots, his, his perimeter scoring, it may have just been too ahead of his time. And if, you know, nowadays, NBA teams will take shots on undersized guards who can shoot. They'll, they'll be okay with that. Um, Randy Culpepper, he's made a, what, a, 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 like a decade-plus year, yeah. I mean, decade-plus um, pro basketball career, which is amazing in itself. What do you think about that, Sal? You know what? I think Randy Culpepper, uh, he's right up there, right? If it's not DJ, it's got to be Randy Culpepper. So famous, even outside of El Paso. We talk about hoop legends yes. across uh, across America, and you can't think in the same way. Like you can't think of Philadelphia basketball without thinking of Stephon Jackson. You can't think of Memphis Hoopers, which there are a lot of, without naming Randy Culpepper. And I'm going to send this to you. See if you can uh, you can air it right now. I know exactly which clip. There it we is. go. I know All right, exactly I'm sending. Which it. I'm not even going to say anything. I'll send it to you, and we'll leave it at that. But perfect. You know what I'm talking about. All right, our telephone number 915-505-6009. That's our telephone number here on the show. Um, we, we just mentioned a little thing as far as um, a Twitter poll that was going around the greatest minor of the 21st century. Again, I would still put number one, Stefan Jackson. No problem at all. I'm good with that one right there. Number two, I'd probably slide that into Randy Culpepper. Just me. I, I just, I'm a huge RC3 Hooper fan. Uh, I think he's an absolute legend. And so does uh, Kevin Durant because this is what he had to was, tell Grind City uh, Media. Played his freshman season at Texas. I went to Austin, spent a couple days with him, and we went to lunch one day. And we were just sort of talking like normal people. And he was like, so where are you from again? And I was like, Memphis. And he goes, oh, man, you know Randy Culpepper? <laughs> <laughs> he is a legend. I said, yeah, I know Randy yeah. Culpepper. He's like, Randy Culpepper's cold, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like, you have no idea. You tell people you're from Memphis, and they go, Elvis or Bill Street. You were the first person Randy. who's ever <laughs> name association with Memphis was Randy Culpepper. Is, I don't think he's the first one, Dan Dockich. I'm sorry, and Gary Parrish. Uh, I, I think that was one of the points where Kevin Durant's just highlighting uh, a Memphis legend like Randy Culpepper. So thought it was a cool uh, statement right there by him. I'm, I appreciate you sending that to me, Sal. I loved watching that clip. I probably watched it three or four times. I love Chris Vernon and that Grind City Media show. So when I saw that I thought it was a pleasant, pleasant surprise. Um, real quick, before we bring on Luis on the show, our telephone number 915-505-6009. I took it upon me to do a year-by-year list since the Miners had the likes of Stefan Jackson and Randy Culpepper to do a list of players who have been UTEP's best players year after year. And I think this list is debatable. I think it'd be interesting to hear from you, Sal, and some of our listeners who've been minor fans for years. Uh, but I'm just going to reel it off. Let's go for, let's start off 2011-2012. So I'm talking about post-NCAA tournament UTEP and post-Randy Culpepper. I'm 
pretty much crediting 2006 to 2009 all to Stephon Jackson being their best player for four straight years. And then 2011, uh, 2010, those two years, Randy Culpepper being the best player on those two teams right there. Okay, so 2011-2012, John Bohannon, minors go 15-17. and 17. He's their best player that season. Uh, next season, 18-14 and 14 are the minors, and uh, that's 2012-2013. I also think John Bohannon was uh, one of their top players. Maybe you can argue that year, Julian Washburn. 2000. This is the next year, 2013-2014. Vince Hunter onto the scene as a freshman. Really, really surprises a lot of people. That team also had guys like Mackenzie Moore on the team. But I really thought it was between Vince Hunter and John Bohannon down low who really led the minors. Uh, Sal, you want me to stop? You good with these? You, or you know what? I think um, it, I'm trying to pit, I'm trying to see where um, he kind of took over. But there was a stretch where Julian Washburn was the guy. I'm not on done. The team. I'm not done. So. Ooh, I'm go. not done. Okay, so this next one, I have your boy Julian Washburn. There we go. All right. Okay, this is their NIT season, 2014-2015. I put, you know what? I put five guys in the best player list, and that's not okay. fair. But I just love this starting five that the Miners had. Get ready for this one. Omega Harris, C.J. Cooper, Julian Washburn, Vince Hunter, Cedric Lane. Get the backups. Ready? Matt Wilms, Irvin Morris, and you also had Hooper Vint. I mean, that was a stacked team right there. That's a team That's a good that team. probably, you know, 22-11, and 11, probably could have won more than just that right there. Uh, very stu- uh, standout team. But I included Julian Washburn in that mix, knowing what an impact he made on that team. I think that was his senior season. So I, I loved his year mm. that year. And you know what, too? All of those names that you mentioned, I think there's a standout game from just about everybody that was named there. And, you know, we talk about the best player. I think overall, um, it's obvious, Vince Hunter, without a doubt, uh, hands down. But all those other names, guys would take over. I mean, Omega Harris had his time. Julian Washburn, if it wasn't on the offensive side, we definitely know it was on the defensive side. He was a stat sheet stuffer. He was basically Julian Stone as a as a forward. Yeah, As I like a forward that. guard instead of a guard forward. <laughs> but, yes. um, you know, aside from that, um, Irvin Morris, I think when we talk about underappreciated minors, I think he's one of the more underappreciated minors um, in recent memory. And Cedric Lang, we, oh man, just a, just a fan favorite, so great stuff. Well, I'm going to appreciate Irvin Morris because the first year I started uh, covering UTEP basketball was 2015-2016. Minors were 19-14. and 14. I thought their best player was Irvin Morris. I wrote him down right here. Uh, I loved him. Yeah, I mean, really. Amazing. That year was, in my opinion, the year where I realized what a great player he was. If you want to argue Lee Moore was the best player on that UTEP team, it's it's a tough argument. I, I think that's another really good name. I think it's a staggered format. Some games Lee Moore would win for them. Some games it would be Irvin Morris uh, doing it all for the Miners. 2016-2017. This was a down year for UTEP. This was the Floyd resignation. Excuse me. I'm sorry. This was before the year right before the Floyd resignation year. So again, 2016-2017. Uh, Miners finish up 15 and 17. A disappointing finish for this squad. They lost. Uh, a, a, they had a long, long losing streak. If I'm not mistaken, it was like 11 or 12 games they lost in a row at one point. On this team, I thought the two best players were Dominic Artis and Omega Harris. And I thought they're yeah. never, neither of those guys could be the alpha on that, that team, that specific team. And to no fault of those two guys, it just was how this team was kind of built. Dominic Harris was the, uh, or excuse me, Dominic Artis was the, uh, he was the senior of the group, so he was the older guy. Omega Harris was the junior, although I thought he was probably more talented than anybody on that roster, but it still wasn't. His team, so it's kind of not really like a internal power struggle, but on the court you saw it. Like who is the guy, and and you 
kind of toss between Dominic Artis and Omega Harris. Um, I'll close out the Floyd tenure, and then I'll have you react to this, Sal. 2017-2018, this was the year uh, Tim Floyd resigned after a loss uh, at home to Lamar. 66-52, I'll never forget that day. Uh, Evan Gilliard, Paul Thomas. They needed, going into the season, they thought it was going to be Keith Frazier uh, who was going to be the guy for them, but it ended up being Evan Gilliard and Paul Thomas, and uh, as a result, the Miners really underperformed that year. 11-20 and 20 is how they finished uh, the 2017-2018 season. Your thoughts on the Tim Floyd era as it closed out? You know what? A, a lot of talent that went through there just uh, fortunately didn't work out. You know, there, there was some success. Uh, they beat some good teams along the way, but ultimately just couldn't get, get over whatever hump it was there. Like, there, there was stretches. You mentioned, what, the 11 or 12-game losing streak? good number of those were, <laughs> were within reach. And um, I think that same year they had a, a big winning streak, um, you know, at some point as well to not fully counter it, but but to show something for it. But when I'm looking at the roster for that 17-18 year, um, Omega Harris stands out. Uh, Evan Gilliard definitely was, uh, was something to watch for sure. Um, really was looking forward to Keith Frazier panning out. Yeah. Fortunately, it didn't. Uh, but also, too, we got to kind of see some leadership, um, you know, really excel from Matt Wilson. Films and a guy who um, who at UTEP, if I'm not mistaken, was a communication major. Um, had him for a class, so he was very active in the class. But um, really loved UTEP, you know, through and through. Not just basketball wise, but obviously not. This has nothing to do with playing basketball. But guy who's really, really proud to be from UTEP. So I think it was a big fan favorite. Um, you know, stats may not show all that, uh, but that's what I get really from this team. And as, as far as Paul Thomas goes. Um, you know, somebody has to lead in some stats, and I think it was kind of by default for Paul Thomas. I think there was a lot that people were expecting, and unfortunately just didn't pan out. 2018-2019, that was the JV year, Rodney Terry year one. Um, essentially phased out Evan Gilliard and Kobe McGee from the starting lineup, and they moved with guys like Nigel Hawkins, FEO DG. That was also a power struggle year. I mean, no one was really a standout. I put a question mark there around Hawkins and OD knowing both those guys were all conference players but that's a tough year and this also the next year is really tough too because that first stretch of uh good play under Rodney Terry this season um of 2019-2020 when the Miners beat Texas Tech in an exhibition game they beat New Mexico State at home they beat the Lobos Mm -hmm. of New Mexico at home as well that team I thought Jordan Lathan was probably that number one guy the first half of the season and then the whole thing unfolded in Hawaii he enters the portal Um, you know the team kind of has all this adversity off the court Rodney Terry goes through a health issue on his part Jordan Lathan was probably the top player in my opinion the first half of the season which is weird to say because Bryson Williams was also on that team and I thought he took control in the second half of the season um, and it didn't really lead to a lot of wins it wasn't like he could will that team into victory. The adversity on that team off the court, I think, overpowered ever, or outweighed everything else. So, Lathan, first half of the season. Bryson, second half of the season. What do you think, Sal? You know what? I agree with Lathan taking over in the first half. And we kind of knew what Bryson Williams could be, you know what I mean, early on. But really got to emerge as um, as that go-to guy on offense for the Miners. Albeit, you know, looking at, at these, <laughs> this is a crazy roster, man. You mean to tell me Nigel Hawkins, Jordan? Lathan, Gilliard, um, Sule Boom, Bryson Williams, Anthony Tark, Dion Stroud, Casey Iziagu, um, Feo DG, and then also Kate and Archie were on that team. Where did those minutes go? That's I know. crazy. I know that's very true. It's it is really crazy when you think about it, and you reel off the, all those names, and you realize how much great talent this team really had. It's it's impressive. Uh, after that year is the pandemic year. That is the season in which the Miners finished twelve and twelve, eight and eight in uh, conference USA play. That year was the Bryson Williams year. Period. Uh, the next year right after that is the Sule Boom year. That was last year. 20 and 14, year one of Joe Golding. Uh, you could consider jo- uh, Jamal Bienemy and Keontae Kennedy as kind of sidekicks, but Sule Boom was their guy. And that brings us to this year. Who is this year's guy? We've questioned it all season long. But at the end of the year, regardless, wins or losses, you always look back on a year and say, who's the guy of this yeah. year? 
Um, I'm going to tell you this. Fan favorite, similar to your what you just talked about for Matt Wilms, is going to be Zarek Onyema when we look back on this season. I, I, I think that's going to be the case. And as far as the standout guy from this year's team, we're going to kind of give it, I think it's going to have to be a Solomon slash Givens. And I think Givens has to be by default, but you have to understand with Shamar Givens comes that ceiling of this team. They're not going to be an upper echelon conference USA team. And if Givens is your best player or one of your best players, that's a reflection of where you are when it's all said and done on this team. And uh, this team is 12 and this team is 13 and 15 for a reason. Uh, they've struggled in CUSA for a reason. I'm not saying Shamar Givens is a bad player, but he has a ceiling, and I think that's what we've found with this uh, UTEP men's basketball team. Some of the stars that we just reeled off, I mean, we talked about great players who've come here to UTEP. Uh, Vince Hunter, Bryson Williams, Sule Boom, Irvin Morris, Cedric Lang, Omega Harris, Dominic Artis. Uh, so many great players, and when you look at this year's roster, who is that guy? It's it's so tough to find out, Sal. You know what? It, it's hard to say it all season, right? Like, in my opinion, looking at each game, looking at each player, how the performances have gone, it's hard to really pinpoint it to one. I think there's stretches. Um, you mentioned Shamar Givens um, early on. When it comes to Shamar, I think we knew what what could be there. Then as it unfolded, right now we're starting to see what Shamar can do, and that's solid defense. Um, you know, a dimer. If we could be honest, to a, a guy who's pretty quick out there, he's a dimer sure. and a stat sheet stuffer. But ultimately, when it comes to leading the team in scoring, I don't think it's there. I was wrong. I thought it was Mario McKinney all year. Me too. Uh, but ultimately, like these last couple stretches, it's definitely been Z offensively, but overall wise and then also heart wise if that makes any sense not to say he has more heart than anybody everybody on this team you know is going to dive on the floor you know for a chance to add an extra possession but just that that tenacity I think I got to go with Calvin Solomon you know this uh basically since the start of um of 2023 when you look at aggression I think he's the guy that you could look at and say that's a dog okay let's give uh let's give Calvin Solomon the nod I think that's that's fair let's do that um let's go back to the phones right now 915-505-6009 Luis is on the phone lines with us he was patiently waiting UTEP defeated FIU 87-82 Luis good evening what's going on my friend Patience is my middle name. Nice. Okay, you're you're patient uh, on this. I love, you know, I'm very happy to know two things. Minders one. I heard all the the game in its entirety, but I'm very happy to know that Sal Montes is there. Sal, me too. Haven't talked to you in a long time, pal. Love you, uh, Luis. Shalom, my brother. Hey, shalom, my brother. <laughs> you know, I want to pitch in with. Two names, Willie Cager, because I'm, I'm not. Wait, 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 Luis. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm you, you, you uh, mistook the 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 uh, the exercise here. We're talking 21st century. So I love your name of Willie Cager. We heard uh, Tim Hardaway earlier, but we're saying 21st century. So anything 20, uh, 2000 and beyond. Wow. Well. In that case, I'm going to have to pass and listen to you guys. Well, I already listened. I appreciate uh, it, Luis. Hey, you're the <laughs> man. You, man. Hey, much love, Luis. Uh, appreciate the phone call. Love the Willie Cager mention, so we'll honor that. Uh, we're it just talking. Good, yeah, it was, yeah, he was amazing. Uh, we're just talking 21st century. So you have a great evening, Luis. Uh, appreciate the phone call. Thanks for weighing in on the show. Let's go to my tocayo. Next up on the show is Adrian, 915-505-6009. Adrian, good evening. What's going on? How you doing, Tokayo? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, just a quick question. In the early 2000s, it seems to remember, uh, I know the name of the player, uh, but I don't know what his stats were. That's the year that they went to the NCAA tournament and they played Maryland in the first round. Took them to the wire. And a uh, player by the name of Filiberto Rivera. He was a oh, Rican. man. He should be on that list, too. Philly Rivera yeah, was such uh, a baller. Uh, same with our guy Jason Williams and Omar Thomas. Those, All those three. I, I'm really happy you mentioned Philly. Uh, can you give me uh, – what, what were the stats 
for that season when they went to the NCAA tournament. You know what I'm going to do? Um, let me see this. I'm so I, I'm right going now. to. All right, I've got Philly's stats for senior year. So I'm going to just reel off some shooting numbers for you. Uh, he shot 53% from the floor. He shot 37% from beyond the arc. His assist rate was top 10 in the country, uh, which is insane in itself. Uh, he was an excellent free throw shooter as well. And he, um, you know what? I'm just looking at all his numbers. His true shooting numbers are exceptional. He shot 61% when it comes to true shooting percentage. I mean, Philly Rivera was, uh, advanced analytics love him and what he was able to do with UTEP. Oh, yeah, man. I do remember him. I just didn't know. Cause I, he was a point guard, right? So I just remember him. Uh, I was going to school at that time, and he was a big thing. He was a big name. Everybody loved him. That's a really he was good a cool one. guy, but uh, he was a great player. As far I mean, like, look, I think it's I think we can all agree. Stephon Jackson, probably the best player of the 21st century. Uh, you look at all the stats. You look at what they did and accomplished during his time. But if we have to make a team or like a top ten list, Philly Rivera's on that top ten list for players in the 21st century. Best UTEP basketball players of the 21st century for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I do remember. Stephon Jackson, I think, if I'm not mistaken, his freshman year got in an altercation with Jason William, and Jason William broke his jaw mm. or something like that, right? We got to bring on our guy, Jason Williams, to to talk about this. I, I don't know this story. This is a great story. I didn't know this. Yeah. Um, we got to yeah, bring on Jason to talk about this. And it was uh, Stephon Jackson's freshman year. Okay, I like it. Hey, I appreciate the call, Tokayo. You have a great night, okay? Thanks for the call. You too, guys. Great show. All right, uh, Adrian joining us here on the show as we continue on the show. 915-505-6009 as we wind things down. Mary Onyema tweets the show, Way to go, Miners. Way to start your road stretch. Super proud of Z making another career-high score of 19 points. Glad that the team is starting to find a rhythm. Let's beat FAU hashtag minor talk. Uh, Mary, I'm very happy that you're excited, but it's not a it's not a rhythm, unfortunately. This was a big win, and I'm happy that the miners got this. Let's see if they can get into a rhythm. Let's see if they can now die like string along a couple wins so they can start winning some more games. I think that would be uh, one of those things right there. Oh, I love this ESPN story, Sal. Yeah, I I can't believe you don't remember that. I don't remember this. Please tell me. So uh, I say this, and like like I was there, I was probably like in middle school. What, what year was this? Oh five. Um, yeah, I was probably like in eighth grade or something. But I guess there was a practice that was going on. Matter of fact, I'll just read the story. Did we talk about this with Jason? I feel like we have. Maybe I'm reading this right here, and this sounds like a story he said. So it says, um, uh, leading scorer Williams has been suspended indefinitely by UTEP. Keep in mind the date is December seventh, uh, two thousand five, on the story. So it's around that time frame. Uh, but it says Williams, a senior forward, hit freshman guard Stephon Jackson during a quote-unquote very competitive practice Tuesday, UTEP coach Doc Sadler said. It happened so fast, I don't think anyone knows what happened. According to Sandler, um, uh, Sandler, Sadler, my bad. Uh, so it says... Um, Sadler said Jackson is expected to have surgery later this week. Uh, Jackson had no hard feelings and didn't want Williams suspended. Uh, the coach said Williams apologized to the team and, uh, quote-unquote, Jackson is not making any excuses. Um, coach, uh, I just don't know what happened. It just happened. So I guess it was, uh, you know, in practice there. It was heated. But ultimately, they hashed it out not long after that, and uh, they had a lot of success on the floor. So That's right. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll we should have, have some more fights. Him. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. I love that. I love that story, Sal. Good stuff right there. Uh, Steve texts into the show. Stephon Jackson, 2,456 points. Randy Culpepper, 2,338 points. You can make the argument that if Barbie would have been coach in 2010-2011, Randy Culpepper would have finished as UTEP all-time leading scorer. That's coming in from Steve. I love that take actually because when Tony Barbie was coaching the minors and Randy Culpepper had the ball in his hand he was scoring that last year that final switch between Tim Floyd uh, being that head coach Randy Culpepper's coming in I felt like that was just a letdown year because you knew you were getting Randy Culpepper back you had guys like Christian Polk Jeremy Williams uh, McCauley on that team John Bohannon you had a solid squad like with Julian Stone 
I, I felt like that team, even though they went 25 and 10, uh, they underachieved knowing what how they fell in that Memphis game to close out the Conference USA tournament. That's the that's the one of the toughest losses. Now now talking 21st century, that's one of the toughest losses of the 21st century, in my opinion, for UTEP basketball. You, you know what? I I want to agree, but I mean, looking at at the numbers here, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, hey, congrats! Now you're only second all time, but no, with with, uh, with Cole Pepper, I don't know if he would have been the all time leading scorer because I'm looking at it. He played um, 35 games uh, when it came down to it, and also averaged a career high 19.3. So it's not like he wasn't scoring. However, the style of play was a bit different. They were more uh, defensive oriented, and I understand that. So the the out athlete you type of style of basketball wasn't really there, but uh, he was still getting buckets. I'm actually, I will say this, Sal, as far as his shot attempts, they actually went up his senior year. His three-point shot attempts went down just a little bit, but not too much. Uh, But he did actually attempt more shots his senior year than he ever did uh, throughout his college time. I'm talking about Randy Culpepper. He attempted 317 shots uh, compared to 203 as a junior, 258 as a sophomore, and 124 as a freshman. So, yeah, um, yeah it's interesting. Good point there, though. And I appreciate Steve texting into the show. Let's uh, c- continue on Twitter. A couple other tweets to get to. Joe Chacon, you all are young. Forgetting about Brandon Wolfram is wrong. He was a legit scorer. Hashtag, come on, man. Hashtag, Zane is the next OG. Hashtag, it's snowing out. Uh, Joe you're right. We are young. Well, I would say this. I am young. Brandon Wolfram was somebody that was mentioned by John Teicher before we started, but uh, that's a great name as well. Uh, Brandon Wolfram, uh, friend of the show as well, and somebody who, you know, we're talking about all-time leading uh, scorers. Brandon Wolfram's right up there when it comes to the minors. Uh, Adrian at Enemy, Enemy Win 3 tweets the show, The Floyd years were the dark years. I only remember Vince Hunter. Hashtag minor talk. Um, I feel like there were so many years under Tim Floyd that just had so much hype and just didn't live up to it. How would you describe the Tim Floyd years, Sal? You know what? When it comes to hype, I think uh, out of the more recent hires, right, uh, basically anybody after Barbie, the hype was the highest for uh, for Tim Floyd. It was the feel-good story, right? Former UTEP coach returning, had some success at previous uh, stops. And in theory, like, according to the tradition – it was a failure. There was no tournament appearances, no wins. However, looking at the numbers and, you know, pretending tournaments didn't exist, there were still some pretty good basketball teams out there. It's just it was um, it, it didn't get delivered the way that fans had hoped because the the expectations were so high early on and it just didn't happen. You know what? I like revisiting these stories because every time we do I learn something new I learned like five new things today I learned that Jason Williams broke Stefan Jackson's jaw uh, I didn't know that <laughs> I had no clue about that so I'm glad we're going down memory lane with all this I'm, I'm happy that we had a caller bring up Philly Rivera uh, had some great mentions Brandon Wolf from over here I feel like we're learning a lot of stuff this is taking us back down memory lane I mean I've only covered UTEP uh, 2015 and on so I have a limited perspective as far as all time greats I can give you maybe the last 10 years as far as what I've seen as a media member uh, but I like hearing this from some of our listeners some of our uh, some of the people calling in and texting into the show I think that's a, that's a really good thing right there um, our telephone number to wind things down 915-505-6009 to get into the show 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter that's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter let's take a time out right now when we come back we'll get to our awards our hot hand of the game brought to you by wind supply el paso and our player of the game brought to you by keith southwest we'll continue with more in a moment minor talk continues after this presented by the oscar at the agency we'll continue here on 600 espn el paso all right welcome back minor talk continues along with sal montes i'm adrian bradis our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to duck in a late call, that's 
Um, I just want to make another point. You know, we're talking about best players all time in the 21st century. 21st century for UTEP basketball. This was a poll that was kind of uh, released today. Um, so, yeah, just kind of interesting stuff right here. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. A point I want to bring up about all of this right here. Uh, as I'm kind of looking up different stats, different annual stat leaders and stuff like that, we were kind of going year by year with some of the standout players uh, for UTEP basketball and who really stood out to us in terms of just year by year and things like that. Um, we we kind of agreed that maybe Stephon Jackson, a close second, uh, would be Randy Culpepper. But uh, nonetheless, just some really good stuff right there as far as uh, things to, to look at. I'll, I'll say this, Sal. Um, as far as UTEP, we don't, we, I think we can put all the uh, career records in, in ink. I think those will never be broken again because if you're not going to have a transfer portal guy who plays one year at a mid-major, one year at a power five, and then ends up at UTEP, you're not going to put him in the in the all-time career uh, leading scorers and tally up all his points that he's had over his career and say, hey, let's put him in the UTEP all-time book. That's not how it goes. You have to be here four years at UTEP, or what? three years for some of the, the great ones out there, to be in the record books. That's why what we're going to have to monitor year by year now, instead of looking at career average, all-time leading score and stuff like that, the things that we'll look at moving forward, knowing that we're in an NIL and transfer portal world of uh, college basketball and the way that UTEP's record book is built right now with some of the greats to ever play uh, in any kind of college basketball, we're going to have to look at season averages instead. We're going yeah. to have to look at who led, who has the most points over a single season, who averaged the most single points over a single season, who had, uh, which is, by the way, Stephon Jackson, uh, who scored uh, 908 points in 2008-2009. Jim Barnes right behind him at 816, and then Stephon Jackson uh, right behind that again, Third place, 778 in a single season. Uh, Season scoring average, Jim Barnes actually leads that category. 29 points a game from 1963 through 64, which is amazing right there. Can you imagine almost a 30-point-a-game score right there? Uh, That's like UTEP's version of a Will Chamberlain. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What was it, 30 what? Uh, it was almost 30, 30 a game. Sheesh, man. Yeah, that's really good stuff. The, the, the way that the eras have changed, though, I think that's the uh, the important thing is as the game evolves, how does the um, the program evolve with it? And um, also really quickly, too, because we got a, a pretty cool call off the air from uh, from Serge. Uh, he wanted to throw in this fun fact is that he remembers when uh, Brandon Wilfram was going to uh, – he was kind of on the brink of uh, breaking the scoring record at UTEP. But one of the more um, – I don't know if it's notable, but one of the more talked about stories for Wolfram is that um, he was actually uh, he received a um, the Playboy Anson Mount Scholar Athlete um, Award, but he turned it down because the magazine, uh, according to him, offended his uh, strict Baptist beliefs. So that's a that's a you know a story to throw on the side. Interesting. Okay. So I just found that out right now. (laughs) Um, Let's uh, some other ones that I just want to mention as far as like uh, season highs the season three-point field goal made uh and all the season three-point leaders in a single season randy culpepper he led almost every single category when it came to three-point field goal percentage three-point attempts three-point field goals made uh he led every single category when it came to that stat right there i'll just give you one real quick season three-point field goal percentage uh randy culpepper in that category right there uh as a sophomore made 89 three-pointers out of uh 257 just a just an absolute killer when it came to three-point range roy smallwood christian polk mark ingles also atop that three-point field goal percentage list so Um, When we're looking at stats, those are the ones that we're going to have to look at moving forward, knowing that we're in a transfer portal NIL world. uh, Player who could stay here at UTEP, probably only going to stay here for an average of two years, maybe. Maybe a year and a half. That's just the average uh, that we're seeing across the country. But it's sad that we won't see somebody like a Stephon Jackson or like a Randy Culpepper stay three or four years uh, throughout their college career and actually 
ink their name in a storied record book like it is at UTEP. Although, you know, I, I say never. Maybe I, I should say never say never in a sense like that. But still, it's so much harder to see a player like that nowadays in the transfer portal NIL uh, era of college basketball. Yeah, and I don't want to say those days are long, long gone. I mean, yeah, you're going to have your lifer, but ultimately – the program's going to have to be extremely successful for somebody to want to stay there. It's it's very rare. Not that it doesn't happen, but you have to look all across the landscape, not even in just um, in basketball, but even college football. Like I'll bring up UTSA football, for example. To get back um, uh, the receiver, I'm trying to think of the uh, the name, and it's Zachary um, – you know who I'm talking about, Zachary, the wide receiver for okay. UTSA. He's staying another year, but the big story is Frank Harris. Uh, you know, what is this, like his fifth year at UTSA? Seventh. Seventh. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Perry Ellis. Uh, but shattering records. It's, it's very rare to, to see that um, to see that kind of stuff happen. You even got to go to another sport to try to find that. So not that these days are so, so long gone, but maybe like one school every three, four years might have that look. Well, I think it's common. I think we see it more often in football. It's just, ne- it never happens in basketball, no matter what. Like, it just, unless you have maybe a guy who's a walk-on player, maybe you develop over a couple years, or maybe a young freshman you develop over a couple years and you somehow keep him within your locker room. Uh, just the, the fact is to have a standout player at the mid-major level stay all four years is very rare nowadays. And that, that's why the career average, career scoring marks, um, that those records might never be broken again when it comes to UTEP basketball. It's kind of an interesting thought to think about right there. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. Steve texts back into the show. Here's a great Randy Culpepper stat. As a sophomore, Randy Culpepper only started in 13 of 37 games. He still almost averaged 18 points a game. Uh, Stefan, Steve continues, was the best scorer because he made made it look so easy, but Randy Culpepper was the most exciting player to ever wear a UTEP minor uniform because of the dunks, uh, writes Steve. That's a really interesting point. I would say this, man. Um, Stephon Jackson, best scorer in UTEP history, That's that means something, but if you're the most exciting player player of all time like Randy Culpepper was I really I agree with that I think um at least 21st century most exciting player to wear a UTEP uniform I agree with that um and it wasn't just the dunks it was the three-pointers man when he was drilling the the three-pointers from long range and playing relevant basketball for good UTEP squads Mm. that was what was so fun to watch well uh, I have this here as well not just threes and the dunks but looking at the numbers how about this 251 steals just 11 shy of the all-time steals record, and he's behind Tim Hardaway. <laughs> wow, yeah, I love that. So, I mean, so he it, does it on the defensive he, he side. He did it on the defensive side. Yeah, definitely the most exciting player for sure. Um, but when, when you add in the fact that these two guys were on the same team, you know, for, for some part, was some was some fun basketball. Yeah, it really, it really was some fun basketball. I totally agree with you there, Sal. Um, that was some good stuff. That's going to wrap us up here on the show. Let's give out some hot hand awards, some uh, uh, you know player of the game awards here to wind things down. UTEP defeats Florida International 87-82. Um, uh, Shamar Givens coming up. He's going to win our Player of the Game Award. Let's start off with Keith Southwest. They are the industry leaders in metal stamping, and uh, they've been doing it since 1958. They are the industry leaders in precision metal stamping as well. They've got locations all across the U.S. and in Mexico. You can check them out online, KeithSW.com, or give them a call, 915-599-2950 for Keith Southwest. Now, as far as our high Hot hand of the game. We switched it up today. We went uh, player first and then hot hand. Uh, we're going with Zarek Onyema. 19 points, but he scored 15 of them in the second half. 8 of 10 from the field. Uh, he also hauled down 6 rebounds in 31 minutes of action. Uh, Zarek Onyema winning our hot hand award, and that's thanks to Wind Supply El Paso. They are the local provider of champion heating and cooling systems here in El Paso, and they also carry tons of HVAC 
HVAC products and parts. Learn more about Wind Supply El Paso online today at windsupplyelpaso.com or give them a call, 915-859-3817. Sal, you good with those right there? Yeah, you know what? I, I really like those um, those picks. And with, uh, with Zarek, uh, what I like about his numbers is four offensive rebounds. And I was just kind of you know scouting through the stats here. This is a crazy one, Adrian, looking at it here. Um, FIU, 79 possessions, but they just get north of a point, right? 1.038 uh, points per possession. UTEP, 1.225. And, w- and when I look at the um, at the shots here, FIU getting 68 shots and the Miners only getting 46. You can counter that when you make your threes and you're effective from the uh, from the free throw line, but that stood out to me. Yeah. Every, every time they were able to secure the ball for another possession, no matter what happened after that, at least you bought some time or you know you had a chance to get some more. So that that really you know rung a bell there. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and hey, shout out to both Zarek Onyema and Shamar Givens. Uh, Givens himself uh, particularly, he had a Amazing. right bone uh, or a right thigh injury and he played through it played all 40 minutes and uh almost had a triple double when it was all said and done 22 points 10 assists eight rebounds did have six turnovers uh but i'll give him a pass with that with those four steals that he chipped in as well uh shamar givens player of the game zarek onyema hot hand of the game as we wind things down one final tweet to get to then we'll wrap this up joe chacon tweeting the show what makes a team tough or excuse me, what makes a team though? Stats? What about Tofi, Saint Amon, Smallwood, Williams, Craig, Moultrie, Julian Stone, Derek Character? I know this is the 21st century, but my favorite three-point shooters were Mark Ingles and Jim Bice. Hashtag repping from Colorado now. Hashtag peace. Hashtag love these discussions. Well. You'll uh, love them for four more times. Minor talk is winding down on the season. Then we go into hibernation, and then UTEP football right around the corner in August. So Joe Chacon, uh, we will we'll we'll do our best to develop more of these conversations, more of these topics. Um, but I appreciate Sal. I appreciate UTEP Zay. He chimed in on this one as well. Uh, Steve Kaplowitz texting in the show as well. And then we got some great calls and tweets on this subject too. No one wanted to talk about the game. Everybody wanted to talk about this subject. So um, that's just how it goes. I'm cool with that. I do want to mention something as well. Uh, the women's basketball game still going on. One nineteen left. Miners up seventy three to sixty nine. So Thank you, Sal. Let, let's see if they Perfect. can get this win. Yeah, yeah, they need this victory. Let's uh, let's see what happens here. Hey, uh, Sal Montes, UTEP Zay in action on Saturday. Appreciate you guys filling in for me. Uh, we'll be back at it noon tip off between UTEP and FAU. That comes up on Saturday. We'll have all the action for you here on six hundred ESPN El Paso. But for, for Sal Montes, I'm Adrian. Brown. Is saying so long. Thanks for listening to Minor Talk. UTEP beats FIU 87 to 82. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency. We'll be back Saturday here on 600 ESPN El Paso.